Greetings, everybody, and welcome to The Wonderland, the only podcast to have won the coveted international What the Hell Was All That Rubbish award two years running without even having submitted an entry. An achievement of which we here at The Wonderland are, of course, justifiably proud. Anyway, I'm Jeff Healy. I'm an Australian piano entertainer, musician, singer-songwriter, comedian, coffee enthusiast, all-round human being, and whatever else you might want me to be if it makes you happy. And not only that, but this is the 69th episode of The Wonderland. And when I look back at the episodes I've recorded to date, I can't say with absolute certainty that I've talked enough about cheese. I may have nibbled at it, so to speak, But cheese really is one of my very favourite things in the whole world, and it has been ever since I discovered Norwegian Jarlsberg cheese at the tender age of 18. Now, Jarlsberg, which is basically a Swiss-style Emmental, has become a very famous cheese internationally, and I think its reputation as a really yummy thing is well-deserved. But when I was 18 and growing up in Australia... The only place you could find it was at Delicatessen's, and it was pretty expensive. Nevertheless, I would happily and frequently spend a considerable amount of money on a large wedge of said Jarlsberg, and I would snack on it whilst driving around in my car, occasionally putting it on the dashboard to soften it up a bit in that hot Australian sun. So I told my sister about this the other day, and she was quite horrified feeling that this was a rather unhealthy way to eat a fermented curd product and that I was probably lucky to be alive to tell the tale. I don't know, something about microbes. Well, I assured her that said microbes were never a problem at any stage, that I never saw any, and even if they had turned up, I don't think they would have eaten very much. Because, you know, they sound like really, really small things that are pretty much invisible unless you've got a microscope. And what kind of lunatic would drive around with a microscope anyway? So I guess my attitude was what I couldn't see wasn't going to hurt me, and it didn't, because here I still am, right? Yeah, exactly. Anyway, folks, look, I'm of the opinion that you can never really have too much cheese. At least I can't. And why? Because it's delicious, it's nutritious, it's practically free of carbs, and if it's Jarlsberg cheese... It's delicious. What more do you want in a food? Nothing, that's what. Anyway, apparently my love for cheese is somehow genetic because it turns out that my 24-year-old daughter has one of the drawers in her refrigerator entirely packed with different cheeses. Not only that, but if you are a religious person, there's an extra benefit given that cheeses rhymes with Jesus, and cheddar almost rhymes with Buddha. Go figure. All of which is pretty amazing. I think you'd have to agree. But as with many wonderful things in life, there's a problem, and there's also an opportunity. And to talk about both of those things, we are now going to remove the plastic wrapper on everybody's favourite Wonderland segment. Yes, it's theory time. Yo, you can't know what you can't know. I'm gonna tell you what I think I know. And I know what I know. This is what I know. Theory time. And welcome to Theory Time. I do spend a lot of my time working in Norway as a piano entertainer. So fortunately, whilst I'm there, 
I have access to as much Jarlsberg as one could ever need. But upon returning home to Germany, where I live these days, I suddenly find myself in a Jarlsberg-free zone. Now, as far as I know, there is none in this country, and none across the border in Switzerland, which really sucks because those are the two countries in which I spend most of my time, other than Norway, obviously. So why is Jarlsberg not available in this part of Germany, or in any part of Switzerland, I hear you ask? To be perfectly honest, I don't know the exact answer to this, but given that when I'm in Norway I can't find any Swiss-made cheese, or any German cheese for that matter, I think it might have something to do with some kind of, I don't know, import-export issue between Norway and most other European countries. Now, you might say, Healy, you're a stupid git because you have access to some of the best cheese in the world right where you are. And if you were to say something like that, you would, of course, be absolutely correct. But cheese preference is subjective, isn't it? Yes, it is. And for me, Norwegian Jarlsberg is the undisputed king of the soft Swiss-style cheeses. So that's the problem part of things. And now for the opportunity part. So in my search for a locally available Swiss or German Emmental-style cheese that might be kind of close to Jarlsberg, I have come across a reasonably priced one in one of the cheapy supermarkets where I live. As one does, I keep the cheese in a refrigerator and when I want some for a snack, I'll usually cut off however much I want from the block and bung it into the microwave for a few seconds just to, you know, soften it up a bit. Now, I realise that that might sound like a weird thing to do, but that's just the way I roll. So, one day, I got distracted whilst doing this, turned around after about a minute, and realised that the cheese had completely turned into a liquid puddle on the plate. But I was 100% committed to eating and finishing that cheese. Subconsciously, I had already engaged, and it was at this moment that a million dollar idea was born. An idea which I believe will eventually become a huge marketing opportunity for someone with the means to make it a reality. Yes, that's right folks. I'm talking about drinking cheese. You see, we've had yogurt for quite a while, haven't we? And of course we also now have drinking yogurt, which is clearly a very popular thing. So why not drinking cheese? Like flavoured yoghurt, cheese comes in a range of delicious and interesting flavours, although drinking cheese would need to have a consistency that made it actually drinkable, rather than something you would potentially choke on. So there you have it. And I'm going to seriously predict right here and right now that drinking cheese is an idea whose time will definitely come. Probably once those food technology people finish working on creating a rectangular chicken. This is what I know. Theory time. And that's it for today's hunger-inducing episode of Theory Time. You know, I would really like our next segment, which is Song of the Day, to feature a song about food. In an effort to, you know, team with the theme, but unfortunately the only song I've written about food has already been featured on a previous episode. So that's the end of that brilliant idea. What I do have, though, is a song which could have been about food if I had simply had the foresight to change one or two words in the chorus 
which I didn't, but here's an excerpt from it anyway. It's a track from my second album, Jeff Healy's Love in a Suit, and it's called Seventh Floor. Take a listen. See just what you've done to me And you will know that everything they say is true Sitting on a train Someone says your name But it's not the same No, it's not the same out of the microwave seventh floor and as always you can find the rest of that track on any of the streaming services as well as my website which is www.jeffhealy.com and that's jeff with a g along with all the other music that i've written and recorded over the years now that song actually has a deeper connection with today's show as believe it or not i co-wrote it with kevin owen mcdonald the gentleman who makes up 50% of our next segment. And of course, 
I'm talking about Good Times with Big Jeff and Little Kev. Started? Well, sometimes we do a countdown to start and sometimes we don't, Kevin. I yeah, think but nobody would ever know it because they can't hear it because we do the countdown before it actually starts. They wouldn't know it unless I tell no. them. Listen, here, speaking about, okay. speaking about that, one second. Right. I just, okay. I'm, I'm going to diverge from that. Oh, I like divergence. It's good. Why do dancers count five, six, seven, eight? And then they start dancing. Like, what happened with the first four numbers? Look, I think the thing is, like, we've had one, two, three, four, go in every other part of life for a million years. Yeah. And dancers, being intelligent and dancers are pretty smart. They thought, no, we're not, we're not going to do that. We are artistic people. We have creative proclivities. Whatever oh, that means. Wow. And you like that? That's alliteration. It's pretty good, isn't it? Mm. Um, it's probably completely bad grammar. Uh, right now, I don't care. But here's the point, folks. What's the point, Jeff? I'm trying to get to the point. The point is that five, six, seven, eight, it's their way of sticking it to the man. There it is. They stuck it. They stuck it to the man. They stuck it. <laughs> I've often wondered who's the man? I don't know. It's, it's almost a, like pin on a donkey or whatever, or tail on, pin the tail on the donkey. That's what I'm trying to donkey. say. Have pin on a donkey. Pin on a donkey. Pin a, pin a donkey. I had to be like, get the donkey and pin it on something. That'd be, yeah. first of pin all, a donkey. it would be very cruel to the donkey. I, I'm not sure. Listen, we, oh. we love animals on the show. Yeah. Jeff. Yeah. I, I had a dream last night and this is true where oh, I was a bit, I was a bit, un, you know, I didn't mean to, right? Okay. In your but, dream, you didn't mean to? No, I didn't mean to in the dream. And it was Didn't like a cat in a small box and and it kind of tried to get out of the box but it wasn't allowed to because it wasn't a safe environment all right folks in my defense so i closed the box and the cat got a bit of a fright and sort of fell backwards onto its back and then it was like a little bit and i mean this literally taken aback oh no but it was it was a bit shocked and i felt really really bad then i woke up and i thought oh, i don't need to feel bad it was only a dream wow and yeah. i didn't feel bad Kevin. You, you've got a lot of time in your hands oh. to like. I mean, when I when I dream, I, I forget it immediately. Or maybe that's just my redundancy. It's of, your redundancy. Of, of whatever. Of whatever. Yeah. No, it is. I'll tell you what else is interesting. Built-in obsolescence. Ooh. Now, let me tell you why I think built-in obsolescence, folks. For those of you who it's don't know, it's a thing. Yeah, and it basically is when a, something is made, and it's made to only last a certain amount of time. Now, my parents told me that when I was born. They said, "Listen." So, as soon as you popped out of your of your mum's tummy, they said, "Kevin, we need to talk to you right now <laughs> exactly. about built-in obsolescence, son. This is something you need to know now." <laughs> now, give your mum a hug. <laughs> exactly. Here you go. I, come well, on, come out there. I'd like play. to, but my arms are a bit short. And I'm all wet. <laughs> And I still got. What the hell is this? It's like some rubbery. Like, oh, oh what that's is this? So gross. Disgusting. Cut the cord. Cut the cord. Yeah, and that's then it was. So gross. Yeah, and um, it's been downhill from there. But yeah. the point is, Kev, built an obsolescence. I reckon they must have a part of a company. You know, the manufacturing side of any company. Let's say it's making washing machines. So. There are technicians, there are what we call obsolescence technicians, Ooh. whose job it is, right? Whose job it is so to OTs. actually build that obsolescence into that machine. So, it's their job. So the OT department. The OT department, not yes. the IT department. That no, no, the OT, the IT, they're, they're, they're doing other oh, things, but now the look. OT department are, mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. And then there's the OTT department. Did I say that right? Ups no. Yeah, uh, obs Obs obsolescence technicians. Yes, but you got the OTT department, which is the over-the-top department, which I think we're permanent members of. Probably, I think so. In a I sense. think so. We take any subject too far. Mm, yeah. Now, generally, there's a line. You know, mm -hmm. like you draw a line in the sand. You know. Well, you if I've got sand to draw it in. Wait, wait for the wave to come in and get rid of it. Yeah, but the thing is, if I draw a line in the sand, I've got to bring sand into the apartment, and it's hell to get out. It gets in all your clothes and your hair. 
Look, you're, you're people, from Australia. You're used to that shit. Yeah, well, we, the only reason we draw lines in the sand is because we've got sand to draw lines in. But if oh. you're in Switzerland, which we are right now, aren't mm, we? We are. Yeah. So there's a relative lack of sand in Switzerland on which to draw a line. And no one ever talks about a line in the snow. No, you could draw a line in the cheese. You're right. You could. You could. Ooh, now, this is... Mm. Let no one say that good times is not innovative thinking, folks, Indeed. because it is. Right, By the way, is Jeff, I want to point out that this, none of this is scripted, is it? None of it. Well, It's it, like pure... If you scripted just, this, you'd, you'd you read couldn't. it and you'd, you'd go, oh, give me a break, and you'd throw it in the bin. And I'm sure there's a few people out there listening right now, Kevin, who would believe that that's what we should have done even before we began. There it is. There it is. And, you know, what more can we say about that except something that we were going to mention earlier? What's that, Jeff? Kevin, if you remember, it was something that I've forgotten and that I was hoping that you would recall. Do you recall what we were trying to recall when I asked you to remember something that you seem to have forgotten? What are you talking? Are you speaking English right now? Um, well, I'm trying to, but it's not working. There's something that you've forgotten that you wanted me to remember so that you, I remind you not to forget it, and then you would tell me, and then I wouldn't forget it after you told me. Well, it, yeah. Whoa. Pretty much. That was damn good. Wow. And people will say, now, don't forget to remember such and such. No. Don't forget to remember. How, okay, so they say, remember not to forget to remember. Don't forget yeah. to remember not to forget. I mean... Uh, that's like, uh, it's, didn't we do an episode of like on, on the double negative? That's like a, that's a double forget. Yeah, or, double forget. Or, remember. <laughs> that's because uh, remember. No, but see, this is weird. Remember, forget. Don't forget to remember, folks. We need to talk. We need to talk. Good times with Big Jeff and Little Kev. And little Kev and myself will be back with a vengeance in two weeks' time with another edition of Good Times. Now, sometimes there are things that need to be said. In doing so, of course, one risks offending this person or that person. But when you're doing a podcast like this, even if it's essentially lighthearted, you will occasionally offer up an opinion that not everybody shares. But that's the thing with opinions, isn't it? And it's also, I guess, what makes them interesting and occasionally worth sharing for one reason or another you'll occasionally offer up an opinion that not everybody shares. But that's the thing with opinions, isn't it? And it's also what makes them interesting and occasionally worth sharing for one reason or another. Now, I've talked about fashion on the show a few times, and I've also talked about the bad naked syndrome, whereby being comfortable with displaying your unclothed body in public does not necessarily mean that everybody else is going to be comfortable with it. So anyway, we are now going to put on our white lab coats and take a good look at my thoughts on a somewhat related area through the high-powered microscope of Jeff's Thought of the Day. And welcome to Thought of the Day. Now, the following is my opinion on a prickly subject, but... I wouldn't mind betting that the vast majority of you will share it, to some degree. So here we go. And I'm going to start by making three points in order of their importance. One, in your lifetime, almost everybody will judge you not by how you look, but whether or not you're a nice person. Two, there is a tendency as we get older to not want to get older. And three, we're all pretty much stuck with the bodies we have. 
We've all come into this world in a variety of different shapes and sizes. And although one can get fit, one can lose weight, gain weight, get plastic surgery to a greater or lesser extent on this bit or that bit, we are what we are, whether we like it or not. Right? And I'm going to go out on a limb here and suggest that very few of us are privately 100% happy with our age or the way we look. And here is where my thought for today kicks in, folks. We're constantly bombarded with offers of products and methods to make us look younger than we are. Now, sometimes, if used judiciously, these things can actually help. And of course, it's really nice when they do. Sad fact is, though, that most of them end up being counterproductive and largely because of our more is better instinct. For example, if something proves to work on that wrinkle, which quite possibly nobody but ourselves ever notices, we are extremely likely to give in to the temptation of using as much of it as we can, wherever we can. End result? A very big likelihood that our efforts succeed only in making us look ridiculous. Now look, I don't want to go into specific examples of this, mostly because I don't think I need to. I think most of you will be able to bring to mind examples of this quite successfully on your own, because there's quite a few of them out there right now. But I will say that this type of self-improvement includes areas like choices of bathing suits, tattoos, piercings, footwear, hairstyles, makeup, and no doubt other things that I can't think of right now. It's also very important to remember that what looks amazing on one person can look tragic on another. Like if you see a picture of a model wearing an item of clothing and looking really good in it, you might want to proceed with caution in trying to emulate that look unless you possess physical features very much like that photographic model. Of course, there's absolutely nothing wrong with being aware of how you look and trying to make the most of that without making yourself look like a complete tool. It's just that, okay, look, I'm going to come right out and say it. Even though each one of us has a democratic right to do whatever the hell we want to with our bodies and to wear whatever we want to, regardless of how young or old we are, many of us have trouble drawing that fairly broad line between looking good and not. The good news is it's not that hard to avoid the self-improvement catastrophe by remembering that old cliche, beauty is in the eye of the beholder, or in this case, the beholders. Look, all you need are a few friends or relatives who are not afraid to be brutally honest with you and for you not to get offended when they are, because that's what you need them to be. And if those friends can help prevent you from looking stupid, then they're also your key to looking like the amazing person we all know you might be. And once you are, all that's left is to get out there and be nice. And I'd be calling that another Wonderland win. And that's it for our hugely helpful and encouraging edition of Thought of the Day. And of course, we've now come to the end of today's episode. Mostly unscathed, as far as I can see. All right, as always, I want to thank you all for listening. And I want to thank little Kev for just being him. And I also want to thank my mum and dad for not killing me when they had the chance. Anyway, have a great week, folks. And I'll be back next week with more indispensable information, insights, and idiocy, right here on The Wonderland. Mm-hmm.